Hello, family. I hope everybody's doing good today. I hope that uh, you're feeling safe, secure, and sound in Christ Jesus. If you have your Bibles with you today, I'd like for you to open them with me to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. I just am looking ex ex extremely forward to next Sunday where we begin coming back together and meeting, and I believe it's going to be a great time. Uh, I realize it's going to be a little bit of a slow process getting everything started and together, uh, but I just encourage you to come, be here, be a part of it, wear your mask, and uh, let's, let's enjoy our time coming back and getting to see each other. Last week we talked about life. Uh, Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. I talked from John 1 verse 4 where it says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Today I want to look at Hebrews the 11th chapter, and I uh, want to read just one verse of Scripture here to you where he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want you to notice carefully what this passage of Scripture says. It says, now faith is the substance. I want to emphasize that word substance of things. It is the evidence of things. So faith here is substance and evidence. Now listen carefully. If you have evidence of something... What that means is you have proof of it. You have the evidence. You have the proof that something is there. So if you have proof, if you have evidence of something, so the thing exists. It's there. It's something that you have proof of. Okay? So the thing would have to exist if you have evidence that it's there. Is that right? Now... Over in 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, verse 3 says, As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us by glory and virtue. Notice here, he clearly says this, as his divine power has given to us all things. Faith is the substance of things and the evidence of things. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life. He's already given it to us. It's already been done. It's a finished work. Someone might ask the question, well, if God's given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness, where are these things? Where do you find these things that He has given us that pertain to life and godliness? Look right here in verse number 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 
This world has some corruption in it. We're dealing with corruption at all different levels and all different kinds of things. But I want you to notice something that's happening here and something I really want to try to talk about today. And I'm asking the question is the title of this message, let's be partakers. I want you and I to be a partaker of the divine nature of God. He, let me read verse 4 to you one more time. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. So, all of these promises that God has given us, all of these things that we need, they are in the promises of God. You and I have the privilege as the body of Christ, as a child of God, we are able to enter into the divine nature of God. I know when I make that statement, people are out there saying, boy, he's crazy. I'm just a sinner. Oh, <laughs> what's he talking about? I'm only human. Well, I want you to be human, but I want you to be human beings, not human doings. I want you to be human as God intended you to be because as a human being, you were created in the image and the likeness of God and God has predestined you to be conformed to His image. He wants you and I to function on this earth the way He functions on this earth and the way that Jesus lived on this earth. And, and you and I have the ability to do things that we don't... It's exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think, and it's the power of God that works inside of us. We're able to enter into the very divine nature of God. But listen carefully to me. It's not going to just fall on you because it's in the Bible. God's divine nature doesn't just bounce and hit you. Sinners don't get saved just because the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. They have to hear the word, believe the word, and then they have to act upon it before they can be saved. So today I want to talk to us about let's be partakers. Let's be partakers of everything God intends us to partake of. Let's be followers of God as children and let's grow into maturity to the image of Jesus Christ till we all come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. So faith is not something that we use just to get us out of trouble. Faith should be a way of life. The just live by faith. And we need to practice walking by faith, not by sight. We need to practice being doers of the word, not just hearers of the word only. Here in Hebrews 11 and 1, as I just read to you, it says here, faith is the substance of things. One of the biggest problems that we all try to get into, and or that we get into, we don't try to do this, we just do it, but we've tried to walk in faith with our head. We think that faith is something that comes from the head, but you can't walk in faith with your head. The God kind of faith doesn't come out of your head. 
The substance of faith is in your heart. Faith is a spirit-driven force. Faith is a spirit-driven power. If you believe in the heart, not just in the head, you've got to believe in the heart. Confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus. The substance of faith is something that is in your heart. So I can say it to you like this. Faith works in your heart, not in your head. Hope works in your head. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. There's no substance to hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now listen carefully about what I'm going to tell you about hope. I want you to try to catch this and I want you to try to get this in your heart so that you understand it. Hope is the goal setter. The goal, G-O-A-L. Hope is the goal setter. Now remember, the things that God has already given to us, they belong to us. God has already given us His Spirit. He has given us His abilities. He has given us His nature. He has given us, He Himself has come to live and to take up residence on the inside of us. Over in the book of 2 Corinthians, the 8th chapter and verse number 9, listen carefully to what this verse says. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might become rich. Listen to this. Jesus gave up riches, came to the earth, suffered, suffered poverty when you compare it to what he had, took on this flesh just like us, and he did it so that you and I could become rich. Oh, I know people today say, ah, oh, you're one of those faith preachers. <laughs> I'm not a fear preacher and I'll never be a fear preacher. Oh, yeah, you're one of those prosperity preachers. Well... I want you to hear me out on that before you want to make a lot of statements about something you don't, aren't sure of. It says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might become rich. So through Christ and what He did in this verse what he went through so that I could have something. He left rich so that I could be rich. He went through certain things so that I could have all of the things that God has provided for us through Jesus Christ. What are you saying? Well, what do you mean when you say rich? Well, I'd like to be rich in grace. I'd like to be rich in mercy. I'd like to be rich in love. I'd like to be rich in fellowship. I'd like to be rich in money. Yeah, all of it. I'd like to be rich with the things of God, not just the things of the world. I want to be rich in the things of the world. Now listen to me. When you get this in your heart, your spirit 
it will, when it's down on the inside of you, not just in your head, when you get what I'm talking about in your heart, in your spirit, in your inner core, it will cause you or the hope of God to rise up inside of you and begin to say some things with your head. Your hope is that I can be rich as God intended me to be rich. I don't know what you call rich, but full of grace, full of mercy, full of love, full of God's goodness, full of everything that God intended me to be. That's what I desire. When you get this in your heart, when you get this in your spirit, it'll cause the hope of God and His Word to rise up in you to the point where you begin to say, bless God, I'm going to resist lack of faith, lack of hope, lack of grace, lack of, of peace. I'm going to resist those things just like I resist sin. I want to walk in grace. I want to walk in riches. Somebody said to me one day, Pastor Farley, are you saying it's wrong to be poor? No. I'm not saying it's wrong to be poor, but I'm saying it's wrong to believe in it. It's wrong for you to believe that you should be satisfied with having lack of grace, lack of peace, lack of joy, lack of mercy, lack of love, lack of money. It's wrong for you to believe that it's okay for you to live like that. That's the wrong is to believe that it's okay. Why? Because Jesus suffered in these things that you and I might have an abundance of stuff. He became poor so that you and I could become rich. Now listen to me, guys, I'm not talking about everybody having a million dollars. Don't say that's what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about having enough to meet your needs and being able to share above your needs met with those who do have needs. Listen, if we're not believing God to give us an abundance of, of things, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life is having a full supply of everything I need and having enough to share and give to others around me. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Well, listen to me. Abundant life comes by faith. F-A-I-T-H. The just shall live by faith. Now watch, hope. A lot of people say, oh, I hope one day, I might. I hope someday, I hope maybe. No, I believe that I have faith to have everything God intended for you and I to have. Hope has no substance, but hope will cause you to have patience. It'll help you to be patient. Let me try to illustrate this. I've used this illustration through the years numerous times and, and, and you may get tired of it. I just don't know any better illustration. It's a simple illustration and that is an illustration of a thermostat. If you have gas heat, you could have any kind, but we have gas heat here at the church. The gas is the substance of the heat. In other words, natural gas is not the heat but it is the substance that is used that will manifest the heat. You have a furnace that will com cause combustion and that 
gas will, be cre will, will manifest as heat in this building that we're in right here. If you go through the right steps and you go through the right process, you understand that natural gas is the manifestation of heat if the right things are followed. Now, without that little thermostat that's over here on the wall, without that goal setter, the heart of the unit that produces the heat, it just simply won't work. It doesn't know what to do. The unit that's underneath this building that is what we would call the furnace has a thermostat there, and that thermostat is the goal setter. It is the piece of information it's like hope. It's a goal setter. Now, your mind is your goal setter for what your heart is going to produce. Your intellect is a goal setter. I'll get into that in just a little bit more. Well, let me just go ahead. Romans 12 and 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What Paul is trying to say here is that you had better do something about your mind to get your mind setting the right goals. If you think that God wants you to be a sinner, you're going to be believe that you are a sinner. If you think that God wants you to struggle and to suffer, then you're going to believe and your, your, your furnace, your unit, your goal, your God-created body and, 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 and uh, spirit is going to be producing what you think in your mind. So when you get born again, you got to understand your mind didn't get born again instantly. No, your spirit is what became born again. So therefore, you've got to renew your mind to the Word of God. You have to renew that brain and begin to study to show yourself approved. Begin to listen to the Word of God. Begin to talk about the Word of God. Begin to uh, uh, eat, if I could say it that way, the Word of God. You have to renew that brain to the Word of God and start thinking like God thinks. A few weeks ago, I preached on that. We need to be thinking the thoughts of Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. We are supposed to have the mind of Christ. So I'm saying today that your mind, your brain, is like a thermostat. It's the goal setter. Being spiritually minded is something the Scripture talks about, and being carnally minded. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little more, but spiritually minded is life and peace. Another place in Romans, he said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. If I want to be free from the law of sin and death, I got to begin operating in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now listen, faith is a law. Yeah, it works. It's a law. Faith works every time you work it. Why? Well, 
It's like the law of gravity. The law of gravity is something, it works all the time. It's in operation all the time. If you understand the law of gravity, there's security in the law of gravity. There's security in knowing what the law of gravity does. If you don't want the law of gravity to work, you've got to supersede the law of gravity. You don't nullify it. You don't take it away. Well, faith is a law, and it works every time if you understand how faith works. Sometimes we fail to operate in faith. When he says, the just shall live by faith. You can't operate in the law of faith, faith, listen to me, you can't operate in the law of faith in a carnal mind because your head will not believe what your heart will. Yeah. You believe in your heart and confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. There's a lot of people trying to do stuff with their head that they're not doing in their heart. And I believe there's a difference. There are just, there's just a knowing that you know that's called faith. Faith works, listen to me say this, in the heart. Hope works in the carnal mind. But you need hope because hope is the goal setter. I used the story or the, told about a thermostat and how a thermostat is a goal setter. Some of you have heard me tell this story before, but the story is told of this guy who was from the mountains, and uh, he had never seen a thermostat. He had always just heated with wood and, and, and built wood fires at his home out in the mountains, and he lived in the mountains. He had never been uh, in the city. Uh, he doesn't know anything about electricity. He, he, he heated his home with wood. He, he, he would have a, 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 a lantern that he would uh, keep a light with, with a, a fire, a little light, and uh, he knows nothing about electricity. Well, he comes in and he comes to this guy's house and he sits down in this guy's house and it's getting a little bit cold, a little bit cool. And the guy gets up and he goes over to a thermostat on the wall and he turns the thermostat up and all of a sudden the furnace that's connected to that thermostat begins to produce heat and that room that was getting down to about 55 or 60 degrees begins to warm up and the mountain guy who had come into this house looks at him and he says, what, what is that over there on your wall? He says, well, that's a thermostat. Is that right? He said, where did you get that thermostat? He said, well, I got that down here at the local hardware store. Well, I'm gonna get me one of them. So the guy goes down to the hardware store and he buys himself a thermostat because he saw the guy go over to the wall and adjust the thermostat and the room got warm. So he takes his thermostat that he buys at the hardware store, goes home, attaches his thermostat to the wall, and all of a sudden he begins to set that little box on the wall and he wants to adjust everything in his house and nothing happens. Why? Well, that little box, that little thermostat that's on the wall didn't have anything behind it. It was only a goal setter. It wasn't attached to anything. He's trying to get hope to provide what only faith will provide. There's no substance in that box to produce heat. 
That box on the wall is only a goal setter. Some of you have been trying the same thing for a lot of years because you're trying to make things be mind over matter when it's not just a matter of what's going on in your mind. It's not just a matter of believing in the mind. It's not just what's going on in the mind. It's about understanding what's in the heart also. I'm not just talking about mind over matter. This is far from that. Listen carefully to me say this. Your heart will produce anything that is planted in it. If God's Word is planted in your heart and God's Word is seed and the Word of God comes into your heart and you begin to believe on that Word. Please hear what I'm saying to you. The words that you're saying in your mind is sending an impulse or a signal to the heart and the heart of this man, the spirit of man, receives signals from the mind and when this mind begins to speak, it sends a signal to the heart and the heart is what produces faith to cause things to happen. This heart is capable of producing anything that you speak out of your mouth or set as the goal setter. Say, so, Pastor, I'm not sure I believe that. You and I, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but we were made in the image and the likeness of God. God created us to be like Him. God spoke this world into existence. You and I have an ability to create things and to speak things and to do things. When we get our head and our heart together and we begin to hear what God's Word says and we put God's Word in our heart, this heart of ours is capable of producing anything that you speak out that God tells you, you can do. That's why hope is so important to the Christian life is because you've got to have your mind set on hope and you've got to have hope to believe that you can produce what God tells you you can produce. Listen carefully. Hope is important because the things you are saying with your mouth, the things that you are thinking in your head, your head and, and your mouth are not allowing your faith to operate the way God wants your faith to operate. If you want to change the situation, if you want to turn certain things around, you've got to speak the thing that you desire. You've got to get your mind renewed to what God's Word says. I've tried to say this for weeks now and really for years, but we just don't understand who we are. The body of Christ doesn't really understand that they are the body of Christ in the world today. We don't understand that we have the mind of Christ and that we corporately together are the body of Christ on planet earth. We don't know who we are or what we have as believers. We don't know who we are or what we have as children of God. We don't know who we are or what we have as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us 
exceedingly great and precious promises that through these exceedingly great and precious promises, you and I can be partakers of the very divine nature of God and escape the corruption that's in the world through us. We have an ability to partake of divine nature. But listen to me, we've got to get our goal setter set. We've got to get our mind where our mind needs to be. You know, that heating and cooling unit that produces heat or air conditioning in your home can't wash your dishes. No, can't wash your dishes. You can go over there to that thermostat or you can go get right in front of your furnace. And you can say, wash my dishes, wash my dishes, wash my dishes, wash my dishes. You can confess it all you want, it won't look. That furnace won't cook your food. Cook my food, cook my food, cook my food. No, I don't care how much you stand at that thermostat and say, cook my food, do my dishes. It won't. Do you know why? It wasn't designed to do that. Show you another thing. I can go over and set that thermostat on 60. Can set it on 60 when I really meant to put it on 80. And because I set it on 60, I could say, you know, I meant to put that on 80 and the Lord knows what I meant. So the Lord's going to do what I meant to do because he knows what I meant to do. No, the Lord knows what you meant to do, but that furnace don't know what you meant to do because that furnace only knows what you set the thermostat on. That thermostat can only produce what you put the thermostat on. Oh, the Lord knows my heart. He knows what my heart is. Well, he also knows what your brain is telling your heart to do. He also knows what you're thinking. He also knows what's going on in your life. And he's not there, Dylan. He wants you to understand how certain things work. Regardless of what you have in your mind, whatever you set your goal setter on is what's going to be produced in your life. If you think you're a sinner and all you are is a sinner, I promise you, your thoughts and your faith is going to be operating as a sinner operates because you believe and think you're a sinner. Let me tell you something. You don't have to pray about or cry out. Cry over a certain thing. If you set the thermostat on 70 degrees, but you intended to have it on 65, it's still going to produce 70 no matter what you intended. It's designed to work, and it will work once you get it set right. What I'm trying to get across to you today is I want my mind and my mouth to work with my heart for me to start producing and being everything God intended me to be. You may think I'm trying to be nitpicky today, but I'm trying to say to you, it's not just about what you say. You've got to understand what's in the mind of God and God's Word. Listen, if I hide God's Word in my heart, 
I will not sin against God. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. God, I want to know what your word is wanting to produce in my life. I want my heart to believe that I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power that works in my heart. If my heart can come together with my head and my mouth and I can hope to be everything God intended me to be, what power would begin to operate? in the spirit being that I am. Listen to me. Jesus said, the soil will produce whatever you plant in it. If I go out here in the soil and I plant corn, but intended to plant beans, what's going to come up? Listen to me. This body was made from the dust of the earth. This body is ground. This body is soil. If I take hate and plant it in my heart, it's going to produce bad things. If I take love and sow it and plant it into my heart, it will produce after its kind. If I take God's Word and take the Word of God through my mind, renew my mind, be hopeful that God's Word is going into my heart, my heart will produce whatever God's Word says it will do. Jesus said the soil will produce whatever you plant in it. So you prepare the soil to receive the seed, then the seed will produce whatever it is. We're coming into a season where people have been preparing their gardens, they've been planting their gardens, they've been tilling up their gardens. And I believe that God's had us in a season where He's been plowing through our gardens and He's preparing our hearts to give us a word like He has never given us a word before where we put our minds on Him and we trust in Him and we begin to believe Him and where His word is hid in our hearts where you begin your heart or where you prepare your heart to receive the word of God and God's word wants to become flesh in you. We've been studying on Wednesday nights the book of John and it's been so powerful and exciting in my mind because I saw where Jesus is in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And then in verse 14 he says, And the Word became flesh. I want the Word of God to become flesh in my life where my life becomes everything that God's Word can produce in my life. I want to hide God's Word in my heart. God's Word wants to become flesh in you. And listen to me, your heart full of God's Word will produce faith. Faith to become righteous comes from the heart. With the mouth confession is made, but with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Listen to me say this to you. I believe God's Word declares that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That Jesus Christ came to live inside of you so that you could be full of the righteousness of God. I believe that your heart is a designated place where God's Word can come into your heart and produce everything 
that is tied to the very divine nature of God. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you go to God's Word, you get your goal set or set, you set the thermostat on 75 degrees, if it's 55 outside, your heart will begin to produce heat to take it to 75 degrees. Listen to me. Your heart doesn't decide whether it wants to or not. No. Your heart doesn't decide whether it's right or wrong. When you set the goal on 75, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's what you intended or not, when the thermostat's set on 75, the faith in that unit, the furnace, is going to produce whatever you set the goal on. It will only produce what it's set on. So when you begin to set your goal on by His stripes I'm healed, by His stripes I'm healed, we can talk about whether my mind agrees or my mind understands or my mind knows or not. I'm trying to set my goal on the fact that by the stripes of Jesus, that He took stripes on His back to provide healing for my body. Therefore, I want my mind to be in agreement with my heart and the Word of God that He sent His Word and healed them. That if His Word in my heart tells me that by His stripes I'm healed, then I'm healed. People can look and say, you're saying by stripes you're healed. That's just not true. You can say what you want. All I'm trying to do is get my goal setter set. The sower sows the word. The word is sown in the heart. And whatever is sown in the heart, the man of God will be able to produce that. This unit that I'm in was made in the image and the likeness of God. It was designed to be a part of the body of Christ. This house you and I live in, this tabernacle not made with hands that you and I call a body. It was designed to be a part of the body of Christ. And when you say that you're just a sinner, you are not saying what God is saying about you. God is saying that He made you to be like Him in every way. So when your hope and your faith begin to work together, it's amazing what we are going to be able to to be. You and I are possessing the ability to partake of the divine nature of God. We have the ability to be conformed to the image of Christ. You and I have the ability to be partakers of the divine nature. So today I'm asking the question, will you partake? Will you be a partaker? Will you say, God, I want you and your word hid in my heart? so that I can be a partaker of the very divine nature that you have, so that I can be all that you have made us to be. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I feel so inadequate at times to declare your word, but I believe with all of my heart that your word can produce faith for us to accomplish everything that you have purposed for us to accomplish on this earth. So Lord Jesus... May we take this word today and as we hear this word again and again, may we recognize that your divine nature, your very essence of being, your word wants to be alive in our hearts. So help us to get our minds and our hearts together and walk with you 
and walk in this earth as you designed us to walk. Thank you, Lord. I love you. Thank you for watching today. I appreciate all that you do. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.